What's going on, Trophy Kids? We got an awesome one here for you today. We're breaking down the first episode of Hard Knocks, a new emphasis on ruling in the NFL, and we are breaking down the NFC North. We finally made it to the NFC, my favorite conference. Let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is August 13th. As always, I'm your host, Nate. We have Mike back for the NFC North, King of the North. I love getting to the NFC because we both know it way better. It, it's probably yeah. not the – I'd argue probably the AFC is a better conference top to bottom. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. But I like the NFC North because I we both our teams play there. I feel like I know it way better. These football teams are a little bit more exciting for me to break down. So I'm very excited for this one as we start our tour through the NFC. Agreed. Yeah, it's just – I don't know. Something about getting to the NFC just makes me excited. I love the NFC. God bless it. Um, yeah. We are going to start in the North, but – before we do that, we're going to just do a little wrap-up around the league. We had hard knocks come on this week. I, we say it a lot, like first preseason game, football's back, or training camp opens. But really, it's it's hard knocks for me that does it. That's when I'm really like, all right, football's here. Seeing like the slow montage of the line going at it and the various things that happen during hard knocks gets me so excited. I'm like, all right, we're back. Here we go. Full-blown now. Oh, yeah, they're packing the trucks. They're putting the pads in the trucks. They're playing the music. They're slamming the door shut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hard Knocks definitely does uh, bring back that feeling, that like hot summer football feeling, like that part of football that it's so close, you're almost there, and you're, you're just getting geared up, all excited for it. And it's one of, and I'm not going to say it's the, the sweetest sound in sports. I think, you know, probably a, a swish or a crack of the bat maybe sounds a little bit better, but I, I'm a big fan of mic'd up, like pads hitting, the cleat sound on the running. I'm just like, oh, those sounds just get me going. I don't know what it is. It's, <laughs> it's a little odd, but I'm just like, oh, we're back into it now. Here we go. Yeah, it's great. And also, wouldn't you just love to live right where the Cowboys have training camp? That is so cool. Dude, it's so funny that, uh, one, yes, 100% cool. And two, I did laugh when Dak's like, oh, there are spies up there. I was like, I don't know how there are not spies up there. If I was in the NFC East I, and I knew that was a thing, I'd be putting somebody from the organization rent-free in one of those buildings <laughs> with just binoculars all day. It's not, I mean... It's not a bad theory. No, it's not at all. I don't think anybody's doing it, but I, I would no. also not be, you know, terribly surprised if we heard. I mean, if they were in the AFC East, I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick had a guy down there running <laughs> running a room out somewhere. Exactly. Um, also, I do love it because Hard Knocks just gets – normally, last year, the teams were good. It wasn't the best Hard Knocks, but obviously those teams are good. But Hard Knocks is so great because I get – I buy in so hard to like, oh, this team's going to be awesome because I just get pumped for it like – I'm all in. I was already in on Parsons. I think he's going to be a good linebacker. But I'm like, oh, they're going to have the best linebacker duo ever in like two two years. They're not beating my bucks this year, but like, I'm all in on him. I'm like jumping off the walls on hype for this team. And then I remember, eh, it's the Cowboys. They're probably still going to suck. Yeah, I, I did like Michael Parsons a lot. He just seems like an absolute maniac. Someone you want on your team. Um, I know he had some somewhat character concerns in college, but I think he's probably just immature and just a little bit wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely say he looks like he is going to be a stud. Um, the only thing about this year in hard knocks is, you know, it is the Dallas Cowboys. I, I dislike this team. So I'm supposed to dislike these players. It's, it's annoying when I see Zeke come off as likable Dak come off as so likable, you know, that's annoying, but it's still, it, it's just a good show. It's fun to watch, you know, kind of gets you ready for the season. Yeah. Something does feel, I don't know what it is, but it, <laughs> Something doesn't feel right with Mike McCarthy. Like I was watching that first episode, and I just got this like weird like sense of like something just doesn't doesn't feel right for a team that's that has high expectations. Like something's just, just off. Like I don't know if it was because like there was tension between like he was kind of like he was being like the dude who like 
has a crush on a girl but doesn't want to go up and talk to her like the way he was handling the Dak situation like he seemed like a, almost afraid to talk to his head his head or head quarterback and you're just like you're the head coach like what what's going on here stop dilly daddling and like bitching to everybody else and go talk to Dak and figure it the fuck out <laughs> yeah that's that's actually a good point I did notice that yesterday actually I watched it yesterday um I noticed that McCarthy yeah he it, it almost seemed like he was like kind of scared to talk to Dak. Like Dak easily just kind of like told him to go fuck off, basically. Like <laughs> Dak was just like, "Why the fuck are you talking to me?" It was just, it it was kind of weird like that. He doesn't seem like a very authoritative person, and I always kind of thought maybe he was. Um, I don't know if it, I don't mean you know, I don't know if it's due to just his his large stature. He always kind of struck me as kind of you know even in Green Bay, he always a lot of times he looked very angry on the sideline. Yep. Uh, but yeah, to see that side was kind of funny. Dak kind of just kind of had like a fuck off kind of attitude towards him, like don't talk to me. I yeah, I was like, that. is this a canary in the coal mine? Like, is is this situation about to go south? Because that just it felt weird. Like he like McCarthy was bitching to like the coaches and the head training staff and just not going up to his quarterback and, and talking it out. It was it was a little it, odd to me. <laughs> it, he like kind of like went up to Walker and was like, why don't you just going to get treatment like he was like scared to go tell him like he should have just told him from the beginning all right you know just walk in like yeah. you know the offense go get treatment and as a you know a washington football team fan and you know very very uh familiar with team dysfunction i loved watching on hard knocks just mike mccarthy sitting up there with jerry jones who you know jerry jones god bless him he's 78 years old his title is owner ceo general manager and i just i grin from ear to ear i'm like what a terrible upper front office setup they have over there i'm just like this is great uh, it's too eerie to the situation in cincinnati but at least with them he's got three super bowls to hang his hat on yeah it happened what like 25 years ago but right. <laughs> he yeah, still at least he has some he's got him yes, yeah for sure I also like Jerry Jones was like just clearly trying to like blow through the medical advice, like clearly trying to get Dak to play when he's hurt. It's like, bro, you've invested so much in this guy. It's week one at training camp. I think he's okay to sit here. But Jerry's like, are we sure we have to sit him? Can he not throw something like anything? It's like, no, there no, were Jerry. like, <laughs> there were like three instances. Yeah. Where he was like, so what's the update on Dak? And it's been like, well, Jerry, the same as it was 18 hours ago. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> Also, low-key not great. We were talking about this in the pre-show. If your head trainer's calling around to baseball trainers about your quarterback's arm, I'm going to go with that's probably not a great sign. Like, probably not. Probably not good. <laughs> He's getting an it, MRI, too, and they're like, no reason to panic. You know, just a fun, casual MRI, as we all get. Cautionary MRI. I love MRIs. They're they're a great time. Oh, my, <laughs> I'm getting um, yeah, it is. That, that is definitely concerning. And then, once again, Jared Jones is just like, well, I think it's a great, great thing you're, you're talking to those MLB coaches. So, like that, I mean, yeah, that's concerning. You know, I don't, I, I know they're a divisional rival, but I actually, I don't ever want players to be hurt. I hope Dak's fine, but that's very concerning. I do, yeah, I love Dak. Also, just an insane move of him trying to smash his ankle back into place when he hurt his ankle. Oh, in the game. dude, <laughs> I didn't know that at the time when I was watching. I was like, oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> Oh yeah, I did not need a full reminder of all that. I was just like, and unfortunately, they didn't play. I was hoping they were going to play Tony Romo. You got to hope it's just a cramp, but they didn't play that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, I forgot about that. Fucking Tony. <laughs> oh, what a disaster the whole thing was. Um, but yeah, looking forward to some more hard knocks. It had some great things. Also, Michael Parsons is going to be like three thousand pounds when he retires from the NFL. That dude just apparently loves to eat, and like, oh yeah, it works now at what twenty young twenties. But dude just loves him some snacks. He's munching on oranges, and he's not even playing. <laughs> well, he can't believe that there's no snacks like in practice. <laughs> like, he always had snacks in practice. It's like, oh, 
<laughs> Apparently, Penn State's running a daycare. Um, yeah, he's, he's beside himself. Oh, so funny. Um, on a less funnier note, and just a more just like such a disconnect between the people who run the sport and the fans of the sport. NFL this week comes out and. The video they showed for this was just like, what the fuck are we talking about here? But the NFL is going to emphasize more taunting penalties and kick players out after two of them. This is going to be a fucking disaster. We both know there are players on every team who this is going to be a pain in the ass as a fan. Might cost a game or two. It's also just like, there's the clip of Bill Belichick going around. And if Bill says it's fine, it should just be fine. But he makes a valid point of, like, this is a hard-ass game. Like, the things that you have to do to make things go right is insane. If you run something very successfully, have a big play, you should be able to celebrate. I'm not talking about DB celebrating when a wide receiver catches the doesn't catch the ball and they're, like, five yards off coverage. But, like, a good play should have some emphasis. There's, like, an, emo- an emotional energy to the game. And we're just trying to, like, zap it out. It's annoying at best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely... They're trying to change something that already works. That's that, that's already awesome. Yeah. Um, it's like I can't think of a time where I've ever been like I'm so upset with what I'm seeing on the field. I'm turning this game off. Like I, I've never done that in my entire life. Um, and it's just it's it's a, an extremely intense emotional game. Like kind of just comes with the territory. I I mean like boxers talk shit. Yeah, every sport intense. does. <laughs> Martial artists. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, every sport, literally every sport. NBA yeah. players talk shit the entire fucking game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just it's unfortunate. I'm hoping that it's it's going to be more talk and less like less of what we see on the field. I hope that they're not going to be overly ridiculous about it. And it and what really sucks about it is I know a lot of calls in general are judgment calls, but this is such a judgment call on the ref to be like, you know what? Throwing it for this one, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Yep, it is going to come into betting lines for sure because we are going to know refs that are way harder than others, and it is a good judgment call. I think in the first couple of weeks, it's probably going to be pretty prevalent, and then the NFL is going to get some pushback. Yeah, and probably dial it back a little bit, but it, it does just suck because it's also like, I, like certain things you shouldn't be saying. The refs hear what they're saying; we don't always hear it. Right. That type of stuff, okay, but like. I don't have kids, but if I had kids and some dude's just celebrating, showing energy, I'm not going to be like, that's a bad example. I'm like, yeah, you worked fucking hard to make that play or to get to this position. You get to have a little fun out there. It's just, it's such, such a stupid, like old white man thing to be like focusing on in the game. And that's who runs the league. Unfortunately is old, decrepit, grouchy white guys. (laughs) But when I saw that rule, I was like, of course that's what it is. Like that. It's just the dumbest thing to focus on with everything else going on in the NFL. That's what we're going to, we're going to put some emphasis on stupid, but let's, let's put some emphasis on the NFC North. This division, the, the cream is really at the top. And then the rest of it is just variation shades of bad almost. Um, Let's start with the, the one of the worst franchises out there. A, a franchise that has been absolutely atrociously bad. A franchise that has its arguably best, I mean, some will say Barry, some will say maybe Calvin. They're both insane in their own right. Who wants no association with your organization? You're that bad. Um, the city deserves more, but we are talking about the Detroit Lions. They went 5-11 and last season. Their win total sits, I see it at about five games. They're plus uh, 17,500 to win the Super Bowl, plus 2,000 to win the NFC North. Against the spread last year, they were 6-9. and nine. At home, they were 2-5 two and two and five against the spread and 4-4 four and four away. They are not favored in a single game to open up the year so far. So there, there is your Detroit Lions. What are your opening thoughts about this 
to be quite honest, terrible run organization. Bad, bad football team. No doubt about it. Terribly run. You brought up Calvin and Barry. Not only do they not want to associate with this team, but they both retired at the uh, they both retired at about the age of thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a lot. They retired at like the top of their peaks. Um, they were both unbelievable, and they don't really associate with the team. They're terrible, um, and I think this year they're going to be terrible. They're really happy teams like the Houston Texans exist because if they didn't, <laughs> this team is the worst in the NFL. Um, <laughs> yeah. It may be worse than Houston. Um, it, Dan Campbell is an absolute psychopath. Uh, <laughs> yes. Very much so. How, how he's not dead every day about the amount of coffee he drinks yeah. is insane. He drinks enough coffee to kill a rhinoceros. <laughs> yeah, he, he really does. He's crazy. Um, they they got Jared Goff. He has regressed every season since, you know, the the uh, coming out of Sean McVay in what I want to say was 2016, I believe. Um, but he has pretty much regressed every season that since then. Um, I would think this con- this regression will continue, especially now that he's not with McVay, who is obviously one of the most dynamic offensive coaches in the NFL. Um, they have an interesting coaching staff, a lot of former players, so many former players. Yeah. And when I hear, you know, a lot of the, the experts out there trying to give a positive on this team, they kind of bring up, well, there's a lot of former players, so they're going to make it real easy for Jared Goff. I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't really believe that. Yeah. But, I mean, they have Tyro Williams, a wide receiver, and Brashad Perryman, who's a first-round bust, who has never really – he's been on price six teams at this point. This is a bad team, and they'll continue to be bad. I have them under five. I, I just – I don't like them. They're, they're, they're awful. Yeah, this is a bad. They're in a bad spot. Um, they're in complete rebuild mode. I mean, this organization has gone so far downhill. To to kind of give some fans some some backlog on just how bad things have been. They haven't won a playoff game since 1991. Um, Pre Codwell, which is when things really started to get going around. So we go back to 2000. The Lions finished last or second to last in 13 other 14 years. Um, from 2000 to 2013, they had 12 different quarterbacks. They had one winning season and one season going 0-6. Jim Caldwell comes into the program. He puts together three out of four winning seasons. They go to the playoffs twice, but what do they do? They fire the man, and they replace him with Matt Patricia, who in his first two years had a combined win total of what Jim Caldwell had in his last year with the uh, Detroit Lions. They go 6-10, 3-12, He completely decimates the organization. He, the him and the GM at that point destroy the roster, and we get to this point where you're, where we are hiring Dan Campbell, who is him and Joe Judge are really kind of the last holdouts of old school football. Like old school football coaches are on a knife's edge, I would say. Like these two have to prove like this can work, um, and it is a tough task. It's a complete rebuild. You do have Anthony Lynn, who's I think a very good coach as far as like coaching people up. But there's a lot that lacks to be desired as a decision maker, and he is your offensive coordinator. Like, Dan Campbell isn't calling the plays. Like, Anthony Lynn will be calling the plays. Um, and we saw, like, perfect example last year, end of the year, they called a quarterback sneak while having the lineman drop in pass protection in Chargers land. Like, that happened. That's a play that is out there from last year. That's Anthony Lynn's decision making. Um, so I am a little bit nervous about that if I'm a Lions fan. I'm, Lynn has come out and said that he is going to be open to being more aggressive in the passing game. I have doubts that Dan Campbell's really going to allow him to do that because Dan Campbell has come out and been like, we're running as a mentality thing. Dan Campbell's huge on mentality, being tough. He, they definitely showed that's the direction they're going. I mean, they drafted Sewell, who I think is a great, great pick. I mean, 
Yeah. Who knows how good he will turn out to be, but as far as prospects go, like that is good. Adding to a unit that is your strong point. Like if we're gonna point to a unit that's at least decent for the lines, it's that offensive line. That offensive line is pretty good. Um, which should help help golf a little bit because we know golf very much struggles under pressure. But I have a lot of concerns about golf. Um under pressure the last three years, he ranked 29th out of 35 quarterbacks in EPA under pressure. Um Stafford ranked eighth. You're also replacing Stafford, who won 74 games with the Lions. 38 of them were game-winning drives. That's a lot of production and kind of a baller to replace with Jared Goff. Completely different type of players. Very much needed Sean McVay. The one bright spot, and we we don't we've shied away. This came up. We both in each other's fantasy leagues, but we were talking, and I feel like we don't do it in months. One guy who I think will have a monster season for the Lions is T.J. Hawkinson. That man, I think he is about their only decent weapon, like reliable weapon. Um, he has been solid the last couple years. Last year, he, I mean, he's only been in the league for two years. But last year, he had a big year. Um, and I think he's primed for a big third year. Um, he was eighth among tight ends in targets, sixth in receptions, seventh in yards per game. Um, he was tied for ninth in touchdowns from the tight end position. I think he's primed, but I look at this roster and depth and just, unit play is it's startling to say the least um especially at the wide receiver position it's startling how bad deandre swift i think is actually a good player uh but the wide receiver position is lacking some dudes (laughs) yeah um they obviously lost their top two wide receivers from last year which does not help at all um tyra williams had a couple nice seasons way back with philip rivers and uh, when they were probably in san diego so it's been a while um so yeah, definitely concerned about this team. I, I don't see them, don't see them winning many games. No, I do like their pick, um, the kid out of USC. He was a very solid player at USC. Um, I do think that was a that was a pretty big steal for them. Uh, but yeah, it's just if you're a Lions fan, you've got to hope that this kind of mentality effort wins you some games. But it ain't gonna be easy because you start off the season with the 49ers, then you got Green Bay, then you got the Ravens, then you got Chicago, then you got the Vikings. I mean, you're looking at 0-5, like, right off the rip. Then you do get the Bengals. Okay, you know, that could be a dogfight. We'll we'll see what the Bengals put together. Then you got the Rams, then you got the Eagles, then you got the Steelers, <laughs> Browns, Bears again, Vikings, Broncos, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, Green Bay. I do not see five wins there. <laughs> I don't no. know about you. I don't see five. That is a that is a daunting schedule. Yeah, that, that's a that's a big bad big fat under. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're I think we're good with them. That 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 feels about right for the Detroit yeah. Lions. It's just kind of like you got you got you got a big rebuild here and a, a coach that I am is really putting on for old school mentality, and we'll see how it goes. Maybe it succeeds. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, let's talk about the Vikings. Probably the most stable team. Um, definitely the most stable head coach, I would say. They're just like they're sort of like the Colts for me. Like they're just good. Like they're just a good team. They very much embody their quarterback, though. Always decent, not excellent. Um, in my opinion, at least for this season, they're going to be very decent. I don't know about excellent. They were seven and nine last season. They're plus two fifty to win the division, plus four thousand to win the Super Bowl. Their win total, I'm getting around eight and a half, nine ish. They were eight and ten against the spread last year, two and six at home against the spread, four and four against the spread away. How are we feeling about the Vikings? I feel pretty good about the Vikings. Um, I don't know if I quite agree with giving them. They're like they're they're good, like the Colts kind of thing. Um, 
I know what you're saying, though. Um, I don't think they're quite on that level um, as a team. Uh, the, the offense, though, at the glamour positions, my God. I mean, Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I mean, that is it's very pretty, consolidated. Yeah. Pretty good unit there. I think they have like Irv Smith at a, at a tight end. That I, think, I believe they've moved on from Rudolph. They did. Um, okay, yeah. Offensive line is a bit of an issue for them, and it's kind of been an issue for them for a while. And one thing that does worry me with this team, and it kind of seems to happen often, is with every team is generally every team has offensive line injuries. It's a brutal position uh, or, you know, you're getting rolled up on all the time. So if, if they have any sort of injuries to that offensive line, I'm very concerned. Cousins is not, not great. Um, like ability wise. Um, I don't really know what his pressure numbers are. I, they might be really what they might be good, but I, I'm not sure if they are. Um, but he, when he's under pressure, that's concerning. Yeah. Um, yeah. The defense, they do have Daniel Hunt, De- Daniel, sorry, Daniel Hunter returning, which is going to be huge because he missed the entire last year. Um, I believe he had like 14 and a half sacks in 2018, 14 and a half in 2019. And last year, the Titans, not the Titans, sorry, the Vikings as a team had only had 23 sacks. That is pretty poor. So getting <laughs> yeah. Daniel Hunter back is, is very important for that defense. Um, we'll see what happens with the whole Patrick Peterson pickup. He's, he's, He's durable corner. He's played. He's he missed very few games, and he's still only thirty-one. But that man has so many miles on him. I can't believe Patrick Peterson's only thirty-one. He has been in the league. I feel like he probably came in the league at least twenty-one years old. So I'm a little concerned about that secondary. Um, they, they were a pretty poor pass defense last year. They did bring in Bashad Breland. I do like that pickup. Breland seems to play wherever he seems to go. He always plays well, but he never seems to get like some massive contract. I don't really know what's going on with that. It's kind of yep. weird. Um, so it's a team that I like a lot. I still don't think that I, I personally don't think that they're going to probably challenge a team like the Packers, but I do like this coaching staff. They're a very stable team. I could see this being a wild card team. Um, as a number, the odds are kind of weird. Maybe you're getting different numbers, but I'm, I'm getting eight and a half. The over for that is minus 160, which is obviously not fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think in a 17-game season, it would be pretty disappointing to see this team have less than eight, have less than nine wins. Um, if they do, then things are going pretty bad. So I, it's tempting to do the under just for the value in and of itself, but I, I probably lean towards the over, even with the, that minus 160. Yeah. I mean, I think last year, they, the last year they were seven and nine. Year before that, they were 10 and six. And before that, eight and eight. They, they are a team that very much benefits from home field advantage. And without the fans there, I think that played a little bit of an impact to give you a sense for that. 2016, since 2016, they've gone 24 and nine at home and are 70% against the spread, um, which is the best cover rate at home of any team in the NFL. So they do very much thrive off that energy. I'm not going to lie. Last year, it. it I was surprised the offense was as good as it was last year when you factored in they lost Diggs and they lost Kevin Savansky, who was coach of the year last year for the Browns. I definitely did not think they were going to be as good. But as you said right off the rip, at the skill position, they are phenomenal. Now, there was maybe a little bit hesitation with Jefferson, like what is he going to produce? And he obviously ripped it. I mean, had one of the best rookie seasons ever. Um, I think he had the most... Receiving yards of a rookie, he broke. Uh, he broke Randy Moss's record for receptions as a rookie with 88. Snagged in seven TDs, had 14,000 yards receiving. Was a monster. Which, 
you kind of need because Thielen's 30, and his style isn't exactly one that lends itself to a lengthy career. Like, he's starting to get into that, like, his better year. They're not behind him yet. Like, I think he's going to be very productive, but he becomes a little bit more risky. Like, is the body going to – when's the body essentially going to start breaking down um, yeah. is my question on Thielen. Cook is obviously phenomenal. We know what he can do. He's a special runner when his hamstrings aren't getting pulled. Um, so there is that part. They are – they're an interesting team. They're, they're starting to try to uh, attack the offensive line. They used their first draft pick to go out and get Christian Darsaw out of Virginia Tech, who's a good prospect. There are some question marks there with him. The biggest part is that defense. The defense is really good front seven. They're getting guys back. They were really banged up last year, especially at the linebacker position. It's that secondary. They let a lot of guys walk, and they're trying to backfill it with an old Patrick Peterson. Um, they got Mackenzie Alexander out there. They got Xavier Woods for pretty cheap. I think he's going to be pretty good with Mike Zimmer in this defensive scheme. But, like, it's just, I mean, they've lost Xavier Rhodes over the years, Everson Griffins, Trey Waynes. The back end is, it's concerning to say the least. But they're very good up front, uh, front seven. Like, they, Barr was hurt last year. Kendrick had some injuries. They retool that defensive line a little bit um, by bringing in Dalvin Thompson. You pair him with Sheldon Richardson. They got to be better at stopping the run. They were piss poor last year at it. They were 30, 32nd, which was surprising as a team in ESPN's run stop win rate. Um, so there are question marks there. Yeah. Zimmer, they're in a weird spot because they have a lot of talent, but they're also sort of in a rebuild ish. Like they're in a very weird, weird area right now. Yeah, I think they're in a weird area for sure. Um, what's kind of happened with this team, at least in my opinion, the Kirk Cousins era, which has probably, I think, been three full seasons now. Um, yeah, three full seasons. Yeah. It's kind of been, uh, with the exception of replacing Diggs with Jefferson, it's kind of been rinse and repeat with this roster. Kind of, They haven't made huge moves to bring in a lot of different pieces. It's kind of been the same sort of roster. Um, you know, They've lost pieces, like you mentioned, you know, Everson Griffin and all that. So this team to me, the more you kind of talked about it, the more you kind of convinced me that they, 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 they could be pretty poor depending on their health. It, it's, it's kind of hard to decide with this team because I don't think – I don't know what Cousins' contract situation is, but I don't think they want him around for much longer. Um, I would assume not. But did they have Kellen? Did they draft Kellen Mond? They did, which okay. I don't. I don't yeah. think Kellen Mond's gonna be very good. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> there see. are guys that have been very good that I did not think were gonna be very good as quarterbacks. But he just. Right. I didn't really like his style that much for the NFL. Yeah. They're in a weird situation for sure. I think if they are a playoff team, which is very possible, I think they're going to kind of be the typical thing where they kind of make the playoffs, generally don't win in the playoffs and get knocked out in the first game. Um, yeah, this is this is definitely a weird team. They, they have some concerns. They have some very good strengths, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. They, this is a team, too, that has to get better on second down. They were fantastic. Kirk Cousins in this passing team was extremely good on first down. They were better than the league average um, in success rate, yards per play, um, and rating. I mean, they were 62% success rate on first down compared to 54 as the league average, Seven or 9.3 yards um, versus 7.5, and a, a 112 rate versus a 96 average. So they were very good. But then on second down, they are piss poor on second down and it sets up for bad third downs. Um, and so they got to get better there. Um, but yeah, this is a team there. See, they're in the tough spot where you hate to be as a franchise because you're not bad enough to really go out and move on from like a Kirk cousins and draft a, a franchise changing quarterback, unless you get lucky kind of in, in someone falls to you. 
but you're also not good enough to be like, we're pushing the envelope for a Super Bowl here or a conference championship. Like you're right in that kind of weird dead spot where Mike Zimmer is one of the most stable coaches in the NFL. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. The Bengals, had they been smart, would have made him the coach in waiting and kicked Lewis out a little bit early. But they're in a weird, it's in a tough, I don't, I like the Vikings, but I also, like eight and a half feels, it feels pretty right because they've got some winnable games on their schedule, but it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough team to say the least. For sure. Like they open against the Bengals. I think that's a win. Then you got the Cardinals. That's a tough game. Seahawks, Browns. Then you got Detroit, Panthers, Cowboys. So that's a decent little stretch. Then you got the Ravens, Charger, Green Bay, 49ers though. Then you got Lions. Then you got Steelers, Bears, Rams, Green Bay, Chicago. So there are patches in the schedule that lend themselves to getting good wins. It's just, there's also some tough games in there where you're just like, damn, I just, I don't know if they get, I think they're going to finish second in this division, I think, because we're going to talk about these next two teams. But it is, it's a weird spot for the Vikings, I say, going into this. For sure, it is. Um, From a fantasy standpoint, though, they're players. I mean, this is a team. There are some teams out there like the Browns where you don't really know what you're going to get week to week with their top players because they yeah. they sometimes force it to Odell too much. They don't really play in the scheme. Tampa, loaded with talent, but you know that it's spread around very well. This is a team that is very consolidated. Like, Cook is getting a ton of touches, and then the two guys who are getting all the receptions are Jefferson and Thielen. Like, they don't really differentiate. They don't mix in a lot of players. It is very consolidated. So these are guys, you know, if you're looking for your fantasy draft, we got a friend who I know will be listening for some fantasy advice. This is a, this is a team that has some talent that's worth going to get because um, it is very, very consolidated. Yeah, I mean, it's a 1,000-yard rusher, and depending on Thielen, it's two 1,000-yard wide receivers. Yep. So, very good, very good team from that perspective. Okay, yeah. let's talk about the Bears. The most fascinating team to me because it is such I'm going to let you go first with this one. They were 8 and 8 last season. Their win total I'm getting at about 7 and a half. They're plus 6,000 to win the Super Bowl, plus 450 to win the NFC North. They were 8 and 8 against the spread last year, 3 and 5 against the spread at home, 5 and 3 against the spread away. This team and Matt Nagy are Where would you like to start with them? It's a weird team. Yes. I mean, the coaching staff is just laughable. Um, but like in, in, in other ways, you know, you look at the roster and it kind of surprises me in ways. Um, I mean, obviously, I love Allen Robinson. Darnell Mooney, I think, is just going to continue and improve, I would hope. Yeah. Um, and then you have, you have Jimmy Graham, who I don't know, I mean, whatever. And you have David Montgomery, who just hasn't quite come around yet. I'm waiting for it. Um, yep. We'll see about that. And then, of course, because this is the NFC North, which is surprising to me because you think, you know, it's up there, it's cold, you know, big, gnarly football. If they have a shaky offensive line, which is kind of not really Detroit, but a lot of these teams in the North. But um, and they, they lost Charles Leno Jr., uh, their left tackle, so that's concerning. Um, so the QB play behind that offensive line is a little bit of an issue. And then you bring up QB play, and you don't know what you're going to get there. You hope it's going to be fair. If Fields is ready, play the man. Andy Dalton, come on. You're not going to go anywhere with Andy Dalton, especially behind a shaky offensive line. You might just get him killed. Uh, yeah. But then you look at the defense, and the defense is it's solid. It's that typical Bears defense. I mean, I love Akeem Hicks. Obviously, Khalil Mack, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith. The front seven is a solid front seven. you got Adrian Amos in the secondary. Um, so it's a team that, you know, you, you see – 
parts that are very exciting, but you, you can't trust the coaching staff. Um, Allen Robinson can't do everything. Um, and he's always kind he always kind of gets nicked up. So I am concerned about the offense. Um, I can't wait to see what fields can do. I hope, I imagine we're going to see him. We don't see him start week one, which doesn't sound like we're going to, but I, I would think by probably week five-ish, you're going to see it. Um, I have them at seven and a half. Is that what you're getting? Yeah, I got it about seven and a half. It's a tough one. Yeah. It really is because, you know, you think they're going to take two from Detroit. Cousins has always had trouble with trouble with Chicago since he went to Minnesota, so you think they're going to take one from them. I'm leaning towards it's too it's too I can't even make a call I really can't I'm leaning kind of towards the under just because they're the Bears and yep. the Bears are kind of gonna Bears they're kind of just gonna throw up on themselves especially with this coaching staff so I'm leaning towards the under but um, I don't know they're a hard team they're they're weird I think this number is priced just about perfectly I think Vegas yep. hit this just about perfectly on on the win total. I am not a Matt Nagy fan. I think he thinks he is way too fucking smart, and he's not. And I know he thinks that because he built a fucking giant-ass whiteboard calling it the Beautiful Mind whiteboard or whatever, a play off that movie he stole from fucking Andy Reid. And the dude has been... His brain has been broken since that triple doink in the playoffs, but he's been bad. And you can... So many people blame Mitch Trubisky for that, but when I went... Warren uh, Sharp did a great job of breaking this down. When Bill Lazor took over play calling last year, Mitch Trubisky went up in every category. Like, he got instrumentally better with just a different play caller. Um, he had he exceeded 80, 68% completion every single game once Bill Lazor took over. He had only done that one time. He had never exceeded more than two games with that high of a completion percentage one time under... Matt Nagy. The offense scored more than 24 points in five straight games. Nagy never scored more than 24 points in four straight games until Bill Lazor. Like, the Bears just didn't do that. Like, it's it just the offense was a lot better. Now, I'm not sitting here saying uh, Mr. Bixby was the answer, because I, I don't think that. But there seems to be a very big difference when you look at the numbers and what the offense was doing as soon as Matt Nagy gave up play calling compared to what was happening when he had it. And now he's taking it back over this season, which seems like an odd odd move, given the how well the offense performed last year at the end. But he's taking it back, which I think is a dangerous move, because if it sputters, it's on him. Like, you, you gave it away, it performed decent, and then you took it back, and now it's sputtering is a bad look. Um, so I don't love that off the gates. I'm not a Matt Nagy fan. I don't think he is very good, and I, if I'm a Bears fan, I am very concerned about that, to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Matt Nagy was the guy who came out and immediately named Andy Dalton the starter. I thought that was just silly. Yeah. Um, like, you're not even going to entertain the idea of, like, a competition in camp? Did they trade up for Fields? Uh, yes. I thought they did. And, you know, behind that offensive line, you know, Dalton's a bit more of a statue. You're going to want someone a bit more mobile, someone who can make throws make throws on the run. I, I, I really hope that we get to see Fields soon. Yeah, I'm just not really a Matt Nagy guy well that that's the other thing that is concerning is that offensive line because fields took a sack or threw an interception on 22.3 percent of his dropbacks versus pressure last year in college and it was the worst out of all the first round quarterbacks so he wasn't great yeah like indiana and minnesota gave him problems not a great tale now i'm high on on justin fields i think the mistakes are fixable especially with a very good coach but like that offensive line is not 
not helpful at all. Allen Robertson's right. a good piece, but behind him at the wide receiving core, you're going to tell me there's another like standout number two guy? No. no. Um, I did like the draft pick of Herbert out of Virginia Tech, the running back. I think he's going to be very good. I think Newsom, the North Carolina wide receiver, will be good eventually. I think it might take him a second to adjust, but I was very high on him in college um, and the production he can drive, but I think that's a guy that's going to take a second to develop. The front seven is good. It's the best yeah. part of this team. It is, it is damn good. But then when you look to the secondary, you lose Kyle Fuller and you don't really replace him, and it's not a great secondary. So it all relies on can they get pressure. The key to that, in my opinion, Khalil Mack's the best player on the defense. I think Hicks is the most important because there is a significant difference, and you can see it every time he is out, what that defense is able to produce versus what he's not. He is the most important. So keeping him healthy is sort of the key, I think, to this defense's success going forward. It is very important. He is he's, he's a grown-ass man out there. Um, yes. Yeah. He, he's a big man, and he he causes havoc. He is very important. Yeah, the secondary is concerning. I, I looked at my list when I was kind of looking at my notes on the team, and I jotted down a bunch of players on defense. I didn't jot down one player on the secondary. <laughs> no, it's bad. Like, they got studs for front yeah. seven up. Oh, studs. Yeah. But yeah. that secondary is it's going to be ugly. <laughs> if they can't get pressure, it's if they can't manufacture pressure, which they should be able to with Hicks and Knack and the other guys they've got on that, that off defensive line and at the, at the, and Rokon Smith at linebackers, one of the best linebackers in the league. Yeah. They should be able to generate pressure, but if they're not, that secondary is getting torched, especially by the guys they got to play. They, they play some pretty aggressive quarterbacks as far as they're going to get Tom, they're going to get Green Bay twice. They're going to get Kyle Murray. They're going to get Lamar, who maybe not torches you, but is, is probably going to torch you. Um, you get Russell Wilson. Like, this secondary, you're going to have Cleveland at one point. You get the Vikings twice. Yeah, you get the Vikings twice. Yep. You get the Rams at one point. Like, you open the season against the Rams. God only knows what McVay will do to that that secondary. It it could get ugly fast for that, that yeah. defense if they can't manufacture pressure. For sure. All right. The ball of the town, the best team in the North, the king of the North. Let's talk about Green Bay Packers. This team was absolutely phenomenal last year. Win total, I'm seeing, sits at about 10.5. They went 13-3 last season. They're minus 145 to win the division, plus 1,300 to win the Super Bowl. What are your opening thoughts on the Green Bay Packers and where they're going to be at here? I mean, I know you know a very eventful offseason, but <laughs> they are back-to-back. NFC, they were in back-to-back NFC championship games. Um, so I, I don't expect them to, you know, even with all the havoc, I, I don't expect this team to really, you know, go much further down than what they already are. I, I was shocked. I didn't even know until I looked today at the number of 10 and a half. Um, I feel like this team can win 11 games, especially in 17 chances. Um, but it is kind of funny because, you know, we said the Vikings, you know, the glamour positions, this team's kind of the same way. You got Rodgers, Adams, and Jones on offense. That literally is basically their offense um, with Rodgers being, you know, a, a flamethrower, basically. You know, he, he walks on water when he plays. Um, yep. And then Monte Adams, prior to last season, you know, I, this may, you know, I'm an idiot, I guess. I actually kind of considered him overrated. Um, but he is a stud. Who was that? Had, Sorry, first of all, I missed that. Um, I said 
this is kind of a probably a poor take, but prior to last season, I actually considered Devontae Adams one of the, a little bit overrated. Oh, uh, I did too. Yeah. I no longer think that. No. His season last year was ridiculous. He is a stud. He's top three wide receiver in the NFL. Um, Aaron Jones is also a stud. Um, it'll be interesting, you know, can Robert Tunyon continue? He had a very good season last year. I think he had 11 touchdowns, which was really good. Um, and he hadn't done anything with his career before. He's like 27 years old. So I think, you know, as long as he's got Rodgers slinging the ball, he'll be fine. Solid offensive line. They're a little concerned at the right tackle position. Um, strong defense. One of the best things about their defense is their strength on defense is kind of a weakness with all the other teams in that they have Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. They get to the quarterback. There's a lot of um, tackle concerns in this division. Yeah. Um, a lot of rookies, a lot of talented rookies I think will be really good. Um, but I am a little, a little concerned about, you know, how all the other teams are going to be able to handle Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith because Last year, I believe, I think they were tough in sacks. I think they had nearly 50 sacks total. Yeah. Uh, so that is, I think that is just a huge, we're able to rush quarterback and cause havoc on the quarterback. That's one of the you know the best things you can do with ball. I think they'll pretty much take this division with relative ease this year. Yeah, it is definitely the most, from a defensive standpoint, it's the most important attribute to have to get pressure on the quarterback. Like, very few quarterbacks, even in the National Football League, do well when you have to speed them up. Um, most do not rise to the top. There are some that still torch you, but those are rarer than they're not as common. Um, so being able to do, get pressure is enormously important and helps the secondary. That, for the most part, is very good outside of King, who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers viciously went after in the playoff game in my box. Um, but they come in and they bring in Eric Stokes from Georgia with their first pick to, to open up that competition to try to s- kind of sure up that po- that second corner position um, because Scotty Miller embarrassed him right before half. Tom Brady went after him a ton. So that was kind of their Achilles heel on defense. Um, and the play calling wasn't great on defense, especially in the playoff game. Here's the thing with the Packers. They went 13 and 3 last season. They went 13 and 3 the year before that. They were 6 and 10 the year before that in 2018. I have to imagine there's going to be some regression here. Now what that looks like, I don't know, but I like Aaron Rodgers was damn near perfect last year. He was absolutely insane. This offense was unreal. Where was that stat I had? The Packers scored on 53.3% of their drives, the seventh highest rate for an NFL team since 2000. They also scored a touchdown on 43% of those drives, which trails only the 2007 Patriots at 43.7%. So they are 0.7% over that. Missed that. Like this team was insane Um, last year on offense. Aaron Rodgers is going to be just fine, but we know NFL teams are historic for having... The NFL is is historic for having slow starts on offense in the beginning part. Part of that's training camp and how it's structured this year and the time you get in the offseason. I don't... We've seen the clips of Aaron Rodgers, obviously, in the preseason. He had a very relaxed offseason from all looks of it. <laughs> I will be interested to see how on he is. I would assume he's going to be very on. Like, I am... When I'm talking about the Packers, for those listening, I, we're, we're sort of nitpicking a little bit and I'm really talking compared to their value. I'm not comparing them to the rest of these teams, but I would expect a bit of a slower start for this team. Luckily, they get the Saints, Lions, and 49ers. I shouldn't say luckily. They got one game in there in that opening three. That's very easy in the Lions. 49ers are going to be a challenge, and we'll see what the Saints present. 
Yeah. The 10 number is tough for me because they play a ton of good teams. Like, I don't think there's a question that they're going to win the NFC North. They're going to win the NFC North. But they they play the AFC North. They play the NFC West. They get Washington and New Orleans, who are going to be very good defenses. There are a lot of hard-fought games here. I'm seeing probably 11 wins, which I don't love betting it yeah. over on 10.5. If I'm sitting here thinking, like, there's 11 wins probably here, I'd right. probably bet the under on that number from a value standpoint because it's, it's a hard schedule. But this team is... It's hard to find holes. The, the offensive line will be interesting. They lose Corey Lindsley, who is arguably the, one of the best centers in the league, um, and they got to replace that position. And that's a, you know, the center position is replaceable, but it's it's very important. It's it's tough to replace a guy like that. Um, he was getting older. He's in his thirties now, so like I get why they let him out the door. But it just it, it'll be interesting to see what this offense looks like and how quickly it takes to get going given they are yeah. replacing some pieces, and Aaron Rodgers just hasn't been there. Um, now he's the greatest, like the most skilled quarterback, but it's that part is a factor in when you're betting win totals and seeing how their season's going to go. Absolutely is, and I agree. It's hard for you know a team that's gone back-to-back years of 13-3. and three. It's hard to expect them to, you know, this year go 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. So it, it, it would be hard to see that. You know, I don't think um, – why am I spacing on their coach? Matt LaFleur. Yeah, I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to start his uh, NFL coaching career off. Right now, I think he's, what, he's 26-6? and six. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's going to start it off like 39-9. and nine. Um, So I definitely could see a little bit of a, a, a pullback. Um, one one weakness on this team, and it's been a weakness on this team for, you know, as long as Aaron Rodgers has been around, definitely that second wide receiver, of course. I mean, Valdez, Scantling, um, Anthony Lazard, um, they have – Devin Funches, who's making stupid comments, who hasn't really, <laughs> who actually, I looked at it, Devin Funches, who sat out last year because of COVID, he played one game in Indianapolis. He hasn't played really in like two full seasons, so you can't really count on him. Although he did way back in Carolina, I thought he had some talent. Yeah. Um, but you can't count on him. So I, Green Bay's just never fully filling up that wide receiver position. So that, that definitely, of course, is a concern. Um, God forbid. Devontae Adams misses a few games, you know, then that's that's very concerning. It's extremely concerning. And to the other point, I, I mentioned Corey Lindsley walking. Rick Wagner also yeah. left, which I kind of forgot about yeah, that, too. That right tackle position is concerning. Yeah. So there are concerns here. Like I'm not I think we're both very much in agreement. This is the best team in the NFC. I see why they are talked about going to the Super Bowl. I just I have to imagine there's going to be some regression and I have concerns about the offensive line. If the offensive line is fine. Like you said, the depth isn't there, so you got to uh, the wide receiver position. You get so you got to hope that they stay healthy. Um, but yeah, this is a team that should be in the mix for the top of the NFC. It's just when we're betting this win total, it's hard for me to sit here and say, yeah, bet that number in any form of confidence because I do think it's just. I think they probably win eleven. Like I said, I I think they probably win eleven games. But we know the NFL; it's it's a year to year, week to week type of league. And they just got some. They've got some fucking wars ahead of them here on this schedule. Um, like they are battling it out with some extremely good. I mean, there's a point in their schedule where they face back to back. They get Chicago, Washington, Arizona, Chiefs, Seattle, Vikings, Rams. That's a lot of physical That's, football being played at, at the point of attack. Like week yeah. six to week twelve, 
And then you follow that up. After the Rams, you get Chicago again. Then you get the Ravens, and then you get the Browns, and then you finish up with Minnesota and Detroit. Like That meat and bones of the schedule, it, there's a lot of physical football that's going to be played there. Yeah, I have concerns sure. about health when you play that type of schedule in betting a number at 10.5. But once again, I think they're going to win the division. It's just, I, I think we're going to see them beat up a little bit, and I think we're going to see a little bit of regression. But they're still one of the best teams in, in all of the NFL. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. All righty. Um, also, Kenny Clark is fantastic. So I, oh, yeah. I, I wrote that down, too, because I feel like He's sometimes best. we neglect some very good players, especially on that side of the football, and he is he is stud. I think you mentioned him, actually. Never mind. Um, but... With that said, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? No, not really. It's weird division, man. Like, really weird. It is. Like, I, I, I love bringing that saying, but it's a, it is. They're, they're an odd because you have such an insane team at top, and then throughout, it's a lot of, a lot of big question marks with some of these teams. A lot of Definitely. concerns too, and a lot of like kind of in limbo. Like they're, they're almost in purgatory. Like they're not a bad team, but they're not like holy shit. This team's playing for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I would say maybe Chicago, but no one really has their answer at long-term quarterback. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. It's it's weird. very interesting. It's a weird it's yeah. a it's a weird division that always in my mind sticks out like it should be better. Like when I think of the NFC North, I'm like, oh, that should be a fantastic division. But then right. you factor in the Lions. Vikings are good. You don't know where Chicago is going to be year to year, and then Green Bay's obviously lucked out with their quarterback luck, so they've been fantastic. But that. That's coming to an end here soon, so enjoy it while you got it because they really fucked up one of the best situations in football. Yep. (laughs) All righty, that'll do it for us. As always, peace. Peace.